0: going on everybody welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in-depth podcast I'm Daniel Yafusi thanks so much for tuning in and man the winds keep rolling in for the Miami Dolphins winners of five straight after a 20-9 to victory over the New York Giants the Dolphins are heading into the bye week six and seven winners of five straight and I gotta tell you this is literally historic uh, the Dolphins are the second team in NFL history to win five straight games after seven consecutive losses in a season. Only the, only the 1994 New York Jets have achieved that feat. It's so hard to come back from these deep holes, but Brian Flores and the Dolphins, I mean, they, they found a way to do it. And, uh, they can kind of go into the bye week feeling good about themselves and the way they've turned around this season. Really excited to get into, uh, this big win streak for the Dolphins and, you know, this newfound playoff contention. You know, we, we've been saying for a couple weeks, um they're not in the hunt yet they're getting close I mean they're right in the hunt they're only one and a half games out of the seventh seed and uh, you know these games coming down the home stretch they're gonna be really important I'm actually riding solo today just to me for the duration of the podcast but regardless really excited to break down a lot of stuff that I found really interesting over the course of this win streak and I really want to start with where the Dolphins stand in this playoff race like I said six and seven 13th place, which doesn't sound great, but this is such a crazy NFL season and a crazy season for the AFC in particular. You know, every team has at least four losses um, from the second seed to the 13th seed. They're only separated by two games. So there's a lot of potential for movement over the course of the final month, uh, four or five games of this season. Now, when you look at the Dolphins, if you look at the various playoff percentages, uh, they're slim. They're very, very slim. Five thirty eight gives the Dolphins an 11 percent chance to make the playoffs. uh, And but that actually increases the 74 percent if they can win out, you know, it didn't look very probable at the beginning of this one and seven start, but Hey, they're, they're halfway there. They're halfway there and they've got a shot for sure with the, a schedule that's kind of, kind of pretty easy. When you look at it, Uh, FPI uh, football power index, which is from ESPN, they give the Dolphins a 4.7% chance to make the playoffs currently and pro football focus gives the Dolphins an 8% chance. So of course, again, these chances are still slim. The Dolphins have to keep on winning. If they lose one game, it kind of just messes everything up and really might might eradicate all their margin for error because it's very slim right now. Uh, but the Dolphins have a chance, and that, that's all that matters right now. I will say that um, I know a lot of Dolphins fans were watching that Monday night game and the blistering cold and crazy win uh, between the, the Patriots and the Bills, which the Patriots obviously won. And, and I will say that win probably did, or in fact, it did do the Dolphins, um, a lot more bad than good because with that win, the Patriots moved to the number one seed in the AFC and it dropped the doll, uh, the Bills down to the seventh seed. Um, now why is that bad for Miami? Well, I'm sure you guys know the Dolphins beat the Patriots to open the season in week one. So they have that tiebreaker right now. Obviously these two teams are going to play again in week 18, the season finale uh, at hard rock stadium. And you know, that can be a very, very important game for both teams. Uh, But right now, I mean, if there was one team that you want to be closer to Miami in the standings, I mean, it'd probably be the pages just because of that tiebreaker. Obviously the bills swept the Dolphins. So if they get into any tiebreaker situation, I mean, it's not gonna, it's not going to favor the Dolphins right now, but again, Still got a lot of football left to be played, four games for the Dolphins, uh, five weeks left in this in this regular season and anything can happen. And again, the Dolphins are they're right in it. Um, and, and with that, you know, it's it's really crazy and remarkable to to look at the standings and to think that there's only one team that has a longer current winning streak than the Dolphins. That's the Patriots. Uh, you know, the Dolphins are tied with the Kansas City Chiefs for the second longest win streak uh in the NFL. And again, that's just a testament to the way that Brian Forrest and that coaching staff and those team leaders have been able to turn things around because they look dead in the water one and seven. I mean, I was coming on this podcast saying the season's done. I mean, the second half of the season is to evaluate Tua and see if maybe Brian Forrest keeps his job. And you no know, still, I think that this second half of the season is about evaluating two and whatnot, um but again, these games count so much, and the margin for error is so slim but um I mean I'm sure the dolphins I know for sure the dolphins wouldn't have it rather have it any other way and again when you when you look at those playoff standings uh they're thirteenth, but you're looking at when you look above in those standings, you see teams like Oakland, uh, or excuse me, Las Vegas, I should say the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts who have actually beat the Dolphins, um, and are above them in the, in the standings. So obviously the tiebreakers, when you start to look a couple of weeks, uh, getting close to the start of the playoffs, you, you look at those teams and you say, Hey, uh, the Dolphins have to find a way to, to jump those teams um and you know i know i talked uh you know we spoke to players uh after the game on sunday on monday um they're gonna have a practice on on wednesday and we're gonna talk to them a little bit then before they get to kind of go off and uh, enjoy time away from the facility for a couple of days and i asked a couple of players hey um while you're watching these games do you find yourself you know maybe maybe uh subconsciously rooting against teams that you know are ahead of them and and most of the guys like and howard and Elena you know, roberts they were like nah i'm just i'm just watching the game but I'm going to be scoreboard watching. I know they might not be, but I'm going to be scoreboard watching. I'm sure a lot of you fans out there are going to be a scoreboard watcher for sure. Um, So, you know, the Dolphins aren't playing this weekend, but no, there's definitely some important games out there uh, that I'm sure a lot of people in Miami will be monitoring. Now, I want to move on uh to Tua. We always talk Tua. Um, Tua and this offense, and I want to start with some interesting post-game comments from Giants defensive back Logan Ryan. So after the game um Mike Glenn who was starting for the injured Daniel Jones it uh, found out th- or the the reports afterward that he suffered a concussion in the middle of that game which is uh putting him in jeopardy for the team's next uh, team's game next week um and they talked to Logan Line about potentially him being the the emergency quarterback and you know he's kind of poking some fun that maybe himself maybe Tua, but these were his comments he said I don't know if you guys saw my high school quarterback tape but I'm going to put it out there emergency QB and he says I'm a lot like Tua, a lefty. I can throw two yard passes to the left. Now that, you know, somebody put that, uh, to a tweet out with those comments and they, you know, they, of course, they, they, that spread like wildfire. Um, you know, I know how that the Dolphins fan base is about Tua. A lot of people came to Tua's defense were kind of criticizing, uh, Logan Ryan. Like, Hey, what does that say about you if Tua was only throwing two yard passes? And, uh, I'm bringing this up because, I quote tweeted uh, the the tweet from a a Giants reporter, and I'm like, the NFL defenders must have this weird beef with Tua. Like, I don't know if a lot of you have been following, but it seems like there's just been a string of of NFL defenders just taking these weird shots at Tua, and especially after losses. You know, there there was the the quote from the Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson after the Week One game, and um, obviously Tua threw a really bad pick in that game, and they asked him about it, and he goes, "That's what Tua do." If he doesn't have his first read, he's just going to throw the ball up. And, you know, a lot of people said, hey, that's just him being mad that is two and against Bill Belichick and whatnot. And um, a couple of weeks ago, after the win over the Jets, you had a defensive end, John Franklin Myers, and he says that Tua was throwing up prayers and quote unquote, sometimes prayers are answered. And I, me personally, I thought that was a funny quote um, because you know the the perception of this Dolphins offense, with two, is that they're banking and dunking, throwing five yard slants, and they don't really stretch the field vertically. So I thought that was funny. But again, it's just you just see this pattern of. NFL defenders just taking these like little shots at at Tua in this Dolphins offense. And, and again, I think that speaks to to some of the notion and the perception that defenders have maybe about Tua in this offense. Um and you know if you if you look at look at the advanced stats, I mean, they're in some cases, they're not. They're not wrong. You know, I looked it up 70, 70. 70.8% of Tua's attempts versus the Giants were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. They were either behind the line of scrimmage or up 10 yards, um, past the line of scrimmage. Not a lot going deep. If you go back a week before that to the Panthers game. Uh, 77.5% of Tua's attempts were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and Tua ranks 35th out of 37 QBs in average depth of target in 6.6 with 6.6 yards. So, just in some aspect, yeah, like this is kind of a, a one read, quick read, get the ball out of your, out of your hands offense. And, and obviously that's a, a byproduct of this RPO heavy offense that prioritizes getting the ball out of two his hands. It's also, um, kind of something that they have to do because an offensive line has, that has struggled throughout the season. Although I think they've actually improved a bit over the past couple of weeks, uh, that, you know, over the course of this win streak in, in, in recent games. Um, and I say that all to say, you know, I was really interested to see what the evolution of this offense was going to be. And I feel like it's kind of been stunted for various reasons. You know, obviously Tua misses three games with the fractured ribs. He misses another game and a half because of the the fractured middle finger on his left hand. Um, and I really was just curious to see like after that week one game against the Patriots, we knew like that the RPO was kind of going to be the bread and butter of the quick game, but I wanted to see it, Evolve and for various reasons, it, it, ne- it hasn't necessarily been able to, to evolve. Um, obviously Devontae Parker has been in and out of the lineup. Wolf Fuller has barely played. Um, you know, you don't have a really effective run game. Philip Lindsay got hurt in his first game and he was out last week. Um, so you really haven't had that, that maturation and pro- progression in some aspects, but I do think that this offense is kind of finding they've really settled on what they do best and they're just hammering the mess out of it. I mean, you see, like, I, I saw a tweet that said that uh, the Dolphins essentially turned Jalen Waddle into Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams, and he's a great underneath guy. Um, he's great with... Getting, getting in space yards after the catch. And that's essentially what, you're, what they're doing with Jalen Waddle. I mean, he was, he was a speedster at Alabama. He would blow the top off, uh, off defenses, go downfield. They're not doing that with Jalen Waddle. Uh, there's a tweet from Seth Walder where he, um, posted a chart of Jalen Waddle's routes in comparison to, uh, and the frequency in which he runs certain routes compared to other NFL pass catchers. And for the most part, it slants. It's, you know, inbreaking, short inbreaking routes. It's screens, it's hitches. It's, it's, it's a lot of short stuff. And a lot of times behind the sticks, you know, um, and shorter the sticks, but it's so effective. And, you know, there, there's an efficiency at times that you really have to, you really have to admire about this offense. But at the same time, it like leaves me wanting more. I'm like, I see, I see the potential in this offense and really in this past game with Devontae Parker, uh, coming back. I know that, Um, you know, he's also been a polarizing, polarizing figure, uh, amongst the Dolphins fans because he's so injured and and we all know that he has that potential, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently. But I mean, he, he had an instant impact. He had a couple catches in that game. He, he had a really big catch, um, on, you know, the final drive that kind of iced the game where they're able to get a final field goal and make it a, a 20 to nine game. Um, you know, that back shoulder completion from Tua, to Devontae Parker was perfect. And that was like part of the offense that is just really sorely missing whenever Devontae Parker is out of the lineup. I mean, you don't see a lot of those back shoulder, outside the numbers, kind of jump ball uh, throws. You, you just don't, because they don't really have guys that that fit that mold. And uh, there was a quote from George Godsey, um, uh, He He was asked in the coordinator availability uh, session Tuesday, you know, like what goes into that, into that play. I mean, it's his first uh it's first game back. He might be a little rusty, but you throw a back short and that's a tough, that's a timing route. You know, that's a that's a tough uh um throw and catch to make because you know the quarterback and the wide receiver have to be on the same same page perfectly to execute that or else um it might be an incompletion or it might be an interception. And, and Gatsby pretty much said like, Hey, this guy has a body of work where we've seen he can do this. You know, this is like second nature to him. So when he's out there. We know that we can throw that, that, that pass. We can run that pattern and he's going to come up with it. So I thought it was really encouraging. I was really, really glad to see Devontae Parker be able to come back, come back from that injury, that hamstring injury and make an instant impact. And, you know, as we, as we creep past the bye week and, you know, we, we, uh, approach the stretch run, I'm like, I don't know how much better this offense can get because it's only averaging 19.5 points. You know, there's no doubt that it's better with Tua in the lineup, but I mean, it's, it, you know, I still, they're still not able to consistently complete drives and whatnot, especially in the middle of games, but, but I see the potential there. Um, you know, Michael Dieter came back. Um, Gassi said that his, his return really helped the communication of the offensive line. I think that that's always a plus when, when you, if you can get Michael Dieter back and he can stay healthy or Devontae Parker can stay healthy, that's definitely a plus. Um, but as they kind of look at the stretch run after the buy, I mean, you might get Adam Shaheen back, which is one of your, one of your top tight, tight ends. Um, if Philip Lindsay can come back from that ankle injury and have the impact that he had in his team debut, I think that that's only gonna, bode well for the offense to, to have a semblance of a running game to take some pressure off too i mean the only good things can happen when you have a running game for a young quarterback so it's like again i don't know how much better this offense can 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 be but i really do see the potential and i mean i don't even want to say i don't, I don't even want to throw this out there but if there's any chance that will Fuller can come back i mean I think that this offense could really start to find something because we see it with Waddle. We see the underneath. We know he can. You know, we know he can. He can go deep. You know, just from his college tape. They just haven't been able to do it as much in the pros yet in his rookie season. But we know he can really work the underneath, and get yards after the catch. We know Mike Kosecki Mike is great over the middle of the field. We know Devontae is that big, body receiver who can make tough catches. Um, Albert Wilson, Matt Collins, Isaiah Ford, I mean, those guys have kind of coming in and getting it where they can. I mean, if, if you can start to get some of these pieces back again, I think that this offense could could really help out the defense. which just really been holding it down, um, and, and really go a long way to, continuing this win streak. All right. I'm going to take a short break when I come back on the other side of things. Uh, I'm going to get into kind of the timing of the buy. I know this is a question that was brought up uh to some players. You know, the timing of the buy, would you rather have it right now in the middle of this win streak or before when things maybe weren't going as well, as well as kind of get into what needs to happen for the Dolphins to really continue this miraculous stretch run and kind of preview some, some of the weekend games. Obviously, the Dolphins aren't playing, but there's still some important games for the Dolphins. So we're going to get into that on the other side of things. It's only a kick. what's going on everybody you know on the first half of this episode you know we broke down kind of where the Dolphins stand in the AFC playoff picture as well as uh, some of my thoughts on the offense and as we sit at this week 14 by, there was an interesting question um kind of posed to a couple players after Sunday's game on Monday the Dolphins are in the middle of a five game win streak they're rolling you know things are things are clicking for them they they got it everything's going well uh and the question was asked you know would you guys rather do you guys really want to buy right now do you, would you rather you know have this week off or just just keep on keep on letting the letting it roll and see where the season takes you um you know we had had some funny uh some interesting thoughts and kind of comments from players you know Jalen Phillips was like hey after Sunday's game right after Sunday's game he said hey i'm ready to go back Right now, let's play another game. And we kind of joked about that. Jerome Baker, uh he said, "Hey, I mean, we're on a roll. I, I don't really want a week off." Um, Xavier Howard said, "Hey, I would rather have the week. I mean, the, the bye week, you know, earlier in the season because we're we're hot right now." Um, but he did acknowledge that this week would be really good to to kind of heal up, you know, take care and tend to those 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 bruises and those injuries that you might be playing with. Elena Roberts said, "Hey." you know, we, and we'll, we'll enjoy the bye week, but it's, we got to self scout. We got to get better. So I think that there's a real hunger from this team to, to get back and to, to, to just keep it going. I mean, when you're, when everything's rolling for you, when things are clicking, I mean, you don't really want to take a break. You don't want to get out of that, that, that mojo and that flow and that, that, that process that that's got you to five wins. So I definitely understand that. But on the other side of things, I think it's going to be really good for the team now, there were reports um in the offseason when the schedule came out that uh the team actually declined to take a buy after its week six game in London. And and obviously, um, you know, it's a that's a pretty long trip overseas um to, to England to play that game. Um the report was that there was kind of a courtesy extended to the teams. So obviously the, the Jaguars and, um, the Falcons and the Jets were the other teams that played in, in London. And the team, uh, the NFL kind of extended uh, a courtesy and said, Hey, we know that you have to make, do all these logistics, make this trip. So we're going to give you, uh, that week, that week off right after the bye week. And apparently the Dolphins declined to take that. Um, now at the time or, at the time of the the week six game and afterward Brian Forrest didn't really want to get into the reports you know he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't respond to reports usually so he he said hey I mean I'm not getting into that um this is what the schedule gave us and and we're taking that and and at the time a lot of players said hey I'd rather not have a buy." I mean they I believe that that was their their fourth straight loss or so And a lot of players said, Hey, we, we don't want to, we don't want to break off, break off right now. We want to get back to work, get back to the lab and fix things. Um, and that's pretty admirable, but, but it's funny now saying it's funny now to hear a lot of players say, Hey, we're on a roll. We, we don't want to, we don't want the bye week right now. Um, but again, I think it's going to be really good. Uh, they haven't had Adam Shah- Shaheen or Brandon Jones for the past two games. Philip Lindsay was out. Um, Devontae Parker, Michael Dieter just came back from injury. I think it'll be good for them to to get some to get some rest and to heal those bruises. Um, one thing I will say is, you know, th- there's no telling for sure what an early bye week or a bye week after that Week Six landing game would have really, you know, really would have meant for this team in terms of turning around what was then a, I guess a one in five start, um, which eventually became one in seven. I mean, there's no telling, you know, Brian Ford as a head coach is one in one after, after buys. Um, so, I mean, that's way too small of a sample size to tell, you know, how he kind of gets his players ready to play. It's not like he's been here for 10 years and we can say, Oh, he has this body of work after buys and there's so much better after buys. Um, but you know, when I look at the schedule and kind of the path of this one and seven start. Um, a lot of times we heard players saying after games were close, We're close, We're close. And when you look back, I mean, they, they weren't wrong. You know, I, I don't know how much a bye week could have necessarily helped them in the moment. You know, if, uh, if they, they were pretty much a missed kick away or a missed PI call on, uh, on Will Fuller in, in the Raiders game from, from beating the Raiders in overtime. Um, they were one shrewd move by Urban Meyer, maybe perhaps poor coaching on the Dolphins' side um, from from going to overtime and or beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were a miraculous Cal Pitts catch away from maybe beating the Atlanta Falcons. So these are all really close games that they could have won. I mean, if they win any one of those games, if they win any combination of those games, I think that the, maybe the perception of the team is maybe a little bit different. They were close. I mean, they've, they've had some walk-off losses. They've had some tough, tough one score losses um, that sometimes just come down to the bounce. I mean, football is, you know, they, it's a cliche, football is a game of inches, but I mean, that's really been the case with this Dolphins team, especially early on in, the, in that, in that uh, losing streak. I mean, they weren't getting blown out by like all these teams. I mean, they had, they had a loss to the coach That was kind of a thorough beating They had a a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that was actually close until the fourth quarter and things kind of got out of control. But for the most part, um, they've been really close. And I, I thought that there was a really interesting quote from Jerome Baker in the lead up to the Giants game where he said, this team learned how to win these games. I mean, they're still a young team. I mean, They're probably in the bottom half, definitely like bottom 10 in terms of youth um so i thought it was interesting for jerome baker to say we had to learn how to win these games and then once you win win one of those games it just kind of clicks um we also heard similar things from um albert wilson and matt collins and them saying you know we had to figure out how to how to you know take take things from film sessions we had to put in the extra work and like actually get something out of it. Um, and I think that those are all fair things to say, because this is a really young team and it's kind of been like, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the, it's just what Brian Flores led teams do. You know, they, they start off slow, um but then they figure things out and they get things rolling. I mean, this is the second or just the third straight season. And he's been for three years that they've started off slow, but they've been able to kind of rack up wins in the second half of the season. And um, while the strong or the while the slow starts aren't very good, you never want to see that. I think it's really admirable that they're able to to pick things up and start to win games when it matters most. It's kind of like it's one of those things we say that he's brought a lot from from his New England roots. You know, he brought a lot of former players, a lot of former coaches, and he's kind of bought brought that penchant for winning games late when it matters most. Uh, I believe that it's a ten three record in the month of November, and then a really good record in the month of December as well. So it is encouraging to see that. Um, you know, when you're getting tired and the season is waning, is, is is waning and it's it's you know, getting just really tired, you're able to keep on racking these wins. Um so so all that's all that's to say. Um I, I do think this by week is gonna be good for them. I, I really do. You know, obviously in, in a perfect world, you'd like that by week right slab in the middle right in the middle of the season, um, you know, where you can kind of have your first half of games done and focus on the second half. Um, but right now, I mean, I think that they've kind of, it's almost like it kind of exerted so much effort to get back to, to close to 500. I think it will be good for them to kind of be able to, to rest and get ready for that stretch run. And, um, which leads me to kind of my last, one of my last topics on this episode, when you look at, uh, the stretch run, you know, I, I had a question posed to me in this week's mailbag, you know, what needs to happen after the bye week for the dolphins to get back in playoff contention and, and to really get into a playoff spot. Uh, and I would say essentially what has been going on right now, which is elite defense and clean football. You know, I, I looked at a bunch of numbers. Um, the offense are six and zero when holding teams to 17 or fewer points this season, six and Um you know, this stretches back to last season when we saw this defense lead, um, the league in takeaways, they didn't allow a lot of points. They were great on third downs. And then the offense would just do enough. You know, they would take advantage of the field position and just do enough, uh, to get away, um, get out of a, get out of a game. You know, there weren't a lot of shootouts because the defense was so good and because the offense was so limited. Um, but when you have a defense plan that well, the margin for error, you know, it, it opens a lot. And, and during this time, uh, or I guess during this win streak, Tua hasn't turned the ball over once, or he's only turned the ball over once, I should say, which was an uh, interception against the Jets. But outside of that, during this win streak, he's really taking care of the ball. Um, you know, he had four interceptions in his first three games back from that fractured ribs injury. And I think that, um, I don't know if it was because he was pressing a little bit, if he was uh, maybe in his head because of the trade deadline. I'm not sure, but something has just clicked since that trade deadline passed. And he's played much. I mean, he's played exponentially better ball. I mean, I thought he was playing really good in his first three games back against the Jaguars. Um, and I believe it was the the Falcons. And, you know, he struggled a little bit against, uh, against the Bills, which, you know, the whole team struggles. But I thought he was playing pretty well. But the month of November, he just took off. I mean, the efficiency was there. We saw them finally hit on some explosive plays. And again, the most important thing was that they don't turn the ball over, you know, again, this is an offense that, um, you know, though they're efficient, but they have a tendency to get bogged down in the middle of games. And while that's, well, that's a no, no, you know, that's a double no, no would be to turn the ball over. I mean, you can't not move the ball and then turn the ball over, put your defense in a bad situation. So for them to not turn the ball over, it's like, just, it's almost like you're not, you're just not messing things up for the defense. The defense is going to take care of most of the business. We need you to just do enough and not mess things up. So I think that um, that combination is going to lead them to to wins um, and continued wins over the final four games. I mean, we've all been looking at the schedule, (laughs) the second half of the schedule. We all knew that it was going to lighten up and that remains the case. After the bye week, you have a game against the Jets. You have a home game or excuse me, an away game against the new Orleans saints. Uh, You have a game against the Tennessee Titans. And then you have a game against the new England Patriots. Um, Obviously, the jets have a rookie quarterback in Zach wilson i think that the dolphins defense is going to have a lot of success just blitzing him getting after him being really aggressive you have the saints who are i don't know who their quarterback is whether it's trevor simeon Taysom some hill i don't know who's going to be their quarterback but i think that the dolphins are going to have a really good shot in that game and then obviously the last two games They're a little step up in competition with, you know, old friend Ryan Tannehill and then Mac Jones who's a rookie, but is playing really well. Um, So, again, I think that this uh, this schedule is ripe for the Dolphins defense to keep it rolling and for the offense to, you know, maybe get things together. Uh, The Jets defense hasn't been that good. Um, Titans defense, you know, the according to various metrics, they're not really good. Um, We know that the Patriots have a good defense and the Saints have a pretty solid defense as well. But I do think that there's a potential for the defense to keep doing what it's been doing and for the offense to maybe pick things up as well. And um to, to drive that point, um, after week five, I, I did some digging. And after week five, which was the week before Tua's return in the London game, According to Football Outsiders, which is like a, a metric site, um, according to Football Outsiders, the offensive efficiency of the Dolphins at, right after week five was 29th out of 32 teams, obviously. The defense efficiency was 24th. But at this current moment, the defense efficiency is 12th. So they made a jump from 24 to 12th, um, while the offense has increased from a risen from 29th to 25th. So, obviously, we know that Tua's return. I mean, this offense is a lot better with Tua in the lineup as opposed to Jacoby Brissett. Um, But it's still, you know, by all metrics, uh, average to below. I mean, average at best offense to below average offense. But the defense, I mean, the defense is right there. Um, You know, last year they ranked 11th in in defensive efficiency according to football outsiders so by all accounts they're back and I asked Xavier and Howard just flatless plainly do you think this defense is back to playing uh the level that they did th- that it did last year and he said yeah he said we're back to that level uh we're having fun we're confident and you see it when you I mean you see it I mean we we all saw that all uh, that defense last year that led the league in takeaways um they were they had a swagger to them and I feel like you, you definitely see that swagger now, whether it's guys like, uh, Javon Holland out there, or X or, um, Jalen Phillips, who's really had a strong past couple of weeks. I mean, you see the swagger, you see the confidence in that group. And I think that that's really what, what's going to be able to, to drive this potential playoff run home. Um, a, a couple more, excuse me, a couple more numbers that I, that I dug up. During the Dolphins win streak, the defense is allowing 11 points per game. Um, so during those five games, they've just allowed 55 points. And if you take the, the average that they've been allowing per game and you project it over the course of the entire season, it would rank first by far in the NFL, 11 points per game. That would that would be number one in the NFL if they did that for an entire season. Now, during this one streak, they're also allowing 280.8 yards per game, and that would rank second. So plainly, this defense has been like a top three defense over the past month plus. They're playing like a top three defense. On the other hand, the offense is scoring 23.2 points per game. And, you know, if you if you want to play semantics, they had a defensive score in the Baltimore game. They had a special team score in the Panthers game. And But regardless, that 23.2 points per game would rank 16th in the NFL. During the win streak, the Dolphins offense is averaging 322.4 yards per game, which would rank 22nd. So, again, I'm just driving that point home. You know, this is really – this is this is a defensive-led team. I mean, that was the case last year. Uh, it wasn't really the case in the first half of the season because, I mean, just all facets of the team was uh, had progressed. But the, that defense is back. They are back, and they're playing, like, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, um, they're, it, it's, it's funny. Earlier in the season, there were a lot of questions about this defense and, you know, uh, why aren't they playing to the standard of last season why aren't they forcing as many turnovers why aren't they getting off on third downs Uh why are they playing more zone than man and you know Josh Boyer kind of defended it by saying hey you know over time defenses or offenses opposing offenses they they pick up on what you do best and they adjust so as they adjust we have to evolve as well and I thought that was a fair it's a fair point it was a fair answer but I mean man when you look at when you look at them recently, what's been working for them was like their bread and butter is what worked last year. They're blitzing, they're aggressive, they're playing man, they're uh, they're getting in, in in quarterbacks' faces. I mean, that's that's I mean, what we're seeing now is no different than what we saw for the course over the course of 16 games last year. So I thought that was an interesting point that hey, maybe they had to switch things up. But it just it just seems like something clicked. Something clicked in the first half of that Buffalo game, and it was a loss, but in that first half of that Buffalo game, uh, I, I don't know if, if this still is the case because of the Bills game on, on, on Monday against the Patriots, but when I looked at it, the Dolphins limited, uh, the Bills to a season low first half yardage. They blitzed Josh Allen. They made him uncomfortable. They got in his face. They pressured him. It was like, it was like, it was like mind boggling. It was eye opening. It was like, I hadn't seen this defense all year. And something just clicked and they took that to the Baltimore game. They took that to the Texans game. I mean, they've, they've just brought it with them and they're, they're bringing pressure. It's like, if you get behind the sticks, they're showing cover zero and they're bringing cover zero a lot. Um, so again, this defense is back. If the Dolphins miraculously get into the playoffs, it is going to be on the strength of this defense. And I got to tell you, if the Dolphins make the playoffs with the defense plan like this, I don't know a single AFC team that wants to play them. I mean, true, true, truthfully, I mean they beat the New England Patriots, who have really turned things around after a two and four start. But hey, the Dolphins beat them. Uh, they beat the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm telling you, if they were to somehow match up with the Ravens in the playoffs, I mean, I, I'd, there'd be a lot of good money on the on the Dolphins. I'll say that. Um, I mean, I, I feel like. This Dolphins team is, would be just a tough matchup for any team in the AFC just because of the defense. Um, you know, there's very few teams in the NFL that have a defense that can pressure, take the ball away, and work well in situational, uh, situational terms, as like the Dolphins defense. I mean, there's just very few teams like that. So uh, it's been really fun to see this defense. I mean, that's that's one of the things when I when I came to this beat, like I heard so many things about this defense, and I and I saw I saw it during training camp, and you know I saw it in training camp, and to not see it over the first half of the season, it was like so disappointing. But it's been it's been really cool to see the resurgence of that of that unit, and again, they're playing with a lot of swagger. Now, uh, before I let you guys go, I want to kind of break down this weekend's slate of games. Obviously, the Dolphins aren't playing. But there's still a lot of important games out there that could have bearing on the Dolphins' current standing in the AFC playoff picture. And, you know, as we see some head-to-head conference clashes, uh, conference matchups, I mean, they could have impact on the Dolphins' standing as well. You know, obviously, when you get to tiebreakers, you start to look at things like head-to-head matchup, divisional match- matchup, conference matchups. So this week is still really important. So I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of Dolphins fans are going to be glued to their TVs watching some of these games. Now, I want to start with uh Steelers at Vikings. Uh Steelers are 6-5-1, and one, just came off a big win against the Baltimore Ravens at home. Obviously, if you're a Dolphins fan, you want the Vikings to win this game. Uh, essentially, you want all the... If you're a Dolphins fan, you essentially want all the teams in the AFC to, like, come back to Earth and just be, you just want there to be a little, a big blob in the middle. You don't want any team to kind of, like, separate from the pack. You want everybody to come down, uh, come down to Earth and give yourself a chance to maybe leapfrog them in the couple, uh, last couple weeks of the season. Now, I'm going to go to uh, Ravens at Browns next. The Ravens are 8-4. and four, The Browns are 6-6. Six and six. Obviously, the Dolphins have that head-to-head win over the Ravens this is pretty interesting. I would say that if you're a Dolphins fan, you probably want the Browns to win this game, but it can go either way. I would say you want the Browns to win because if you look at the Ravens schedule, they have a really tough end of season slate. I mean, they play the Browns this weekend. They play the Bengals again. They play the Steelers again, and they also have games against the Packers and the Rams. I mean, those are tough games for a Ravens team that's been really, really decimated by injuries. So if there's a chance that the uh, the Ravens maybe drop two or three in a row and the Dolphins start to win games and then you have that head-to-head tiebreaker, I mean, the Dolphins are going to get the edge. So in this case, I would say that you'd want the Browns to win if you're a Dolphins fan, but again, you can go either way. Uh, next is Jaguars, Titans. Uh, Jaguars, obviously not in playoff contention, but the Titans are 8-4. and four. This is pretty... Pretty obvious. You want the Jaguars to win this game. Um, the Dolphins play Tennessee in a few weeks. So if, you know, the Titans can get down to a, you know, eight and eight and five, eight and six record and, uh, you know, you have a chance to leapfrog them when, when you play in Tennessee, you definitely want that opportunity. Next is the Raiders at the Chiefs. The Raiders are six and six. Uh, the Chiefs are eight and four. It's pretty pretty clear you want the Chiefs to win. Uh seems like the Chiefs are starting to kind of run away with the AFC West after a slow start uh, early in the season. The Raiders, like I said before, have that tiebreaker over Miami. So if there's any way that the Raiders can drop below in the standings and with the loss, they drop to six and seven. Um, you definitely want uh, to leapfrog the Raiders so you, you can avoid that tiebreaker situation. Uh, next is Giants at the Chargers. Uh, that's pretty obvious. You want the Chargers, uh, to lose that game. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you're probably rooting for the Giants. Uh, next is the 49ers at the Bengals, which is a really interesting, uh, game in terms of who you want to root for. Obviously the Dolphins have the 49ers, uh, 2022 first rounder. So that's something that I'm sure that a lot of fans have been monitoring over the course of the season. 49ers are, are on a surge right now. I believe they're still in a wild, one of the wild card spots. So that pick is looking like it might be a, a a late first rounder. Um you can go either way on this. I would tend to say that you probably would want the 49ers to win this game or excuse me. I'd say you probably want the Bengals to win this game again because I think that there's a potential for the Ravens to kind of drop in the standings. Uh the Dolphins obviously don't play the Bengals this season. So um the first thing would go to the first tiebreaker would go to conference um conference record so I mean you'd rather have you know a head-to-head advantage over the Ravens than maybe doing a conference head-to-head uh conference tiebreaker with the Bengals but again I mean if you're a Dolphins fan you're kind of saying hey I just want the Dolphins pick to be higher maybe you're rooting for the Bengals I don't know that can go either way uh and the last game on the slate that I'm sure Dolphins fans will be watching or kind of monitoring is Bills versus the Bucks. Obviously the Bills uh lost that tough game at home to New England Patriots. And again, like I said in the opening, that wasn't a result that really favored the Dolphins playoff chances because the Bills have already swept the Dolphins. So if they do a head-to-head tiebreaker, I mean the Bills are gonna get that advantage. But uh as you have it, I mean, the Bills are only one and a half games ahead of the Dolphins. I mean The Bills have that seventh seed right now, and this is going to be a tough game for them. Um, So, you know, in any normal week, I'm sure Dolphins fans are rooting for, rooting against the Bills, but even more so now, I'm sure this weekend they're going to be rooting for the Bucks and rooting against the Bills uh, because if the Bucks lose that game, They drop to seven and six. They drop out of the playoffs and that just brings the, the Dolphins even closer to making this miraculous run and getting to that seventh seed. Um, so again, the Dolphins are not playing, but there's a lot of really big games, really important games, uh, for you guys to monitor. And I hope you do enjoy this weekend, uh, this weekend off. You know, it's been a roller coaster, roller coaster of the season for, for the Dolphins, for you guys, for me covering it. Uh, and we still got four more, four more games left at least. So, uh, this bye week is definitely needed to, to really decompress, recharge the battery as, uh, as Brian Flores said, and then get back at it. Uh, this brings us to the end of uh, another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Uh, I want to say thank you to you guys for, for rocking with me solo today. I hope you, uh, enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy this weekend of games. And we'll be back next week uh, to get right back at it. The Dolphins going to have this week off, but they're going to come back next week to play the Jets. And we'll be back to talk about that and more. So until then, you guys take care.